Hello, everyone. I, I thank you for tuning in this evening. This is Jameer again, and I'd I like to thank uh, Dorothy Carruthers for um, having me here on on the uh, Blog Talk Radio. And I'd like to um, open up with a prayer this evening. Uh, Father, we uh, we thank you for your many blessings, oh, Father. Um, we thank you for your word, your promises, oh, Father. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Father, that you are guiding us and directing us this evening, oh, God. I thank you for your wisdom, your mercy, and grace. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins, oh, Father. Father, there's, there's just so many things to thank you for. Father, I pray that uh, you will guide me this evening, oh, God, Lord, and open up my heart, Father, open up everyone else's heart who's on the uh, the blog talk cast, Father. I thank you, and I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I guess we can go ahead and uh, get started. As y'all uh, remember from the last, the last time that uh, we were talking about the Daniel fast scriptures, and we were coming from Daniel chapter 10, verses 2 and 3. Uh, it says in that in that uh, passage, it says, In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came to my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three full weeks were fulfilled. And also the other uh, scripture that we were using from um, the Daniel fast was uh, Daniel chapter uh, 10, verse 12. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, that says, Then he said to me, and this is the uh, the angel the angel talking to uh, Daniel. He says, Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. And a lot of times I've for that um, again uh, you should, should practice all these things about setting your heart to understand which is studying your word and praying and also we should always every day every moment every chance that we get humble ourselves before our heavenly father I mean we, that, we should do that all the time to humble ourselves and then the last one of course is our pray but we're this evening we're going to focus on focus on humbling ourselves before our Father. And uh, as I studied on that word humble, the scripture it has a, a lot that says about being humble before our Father and humility. One of the scriptures that uh, that really uh, came out to me was uh in the New Testament, in the book of James, James chapter 4, verse 6. It said, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Now, in this scripture, James 4, 6, we see a contrast or a difference how uh, being humble and being proud, they're kind of like two two of the opposite things of the pole, like east and west, north and south. Um, humble and proud. Those are how the scripture in James chapter 4 verse 6 shows that they are uh, quite different. Um, And there's many scriptures about um, pride also, proud. So I want us to look at that word, word because this is so opposite of being humble or humbling yourself before our Heavenly Father, I wanted to look at that word proud also. Um, 
Proverbs sixteen eighteen says pride goes before destruction. Proverbs sixteen eighteen says that pride goes before destruction. So anytime about something is being destroyed in your life, usually it's a result of uh being prideful or having some type of pride in your life. Also, Proverbs 11, verse 2. Proverbs actually has a lot of verses on on, uh, being prideful. Uh, Proverbs 11, verse 2 says, when pride comes, shame comes. Proverbs 11, 2 says, when pride comes, shame comes. So whenever you're walking and being proud, and this is talking about being proud in a negative way, that eventually what's going to happen is uh, you're going to be put to shame. And um, one of the uh, examples, actually, we're going to we're going to before we get to that, because uh, the pride, uh, there's good forms of pride. Like if your uh, son or daughter, daughter or, your, or someone in your family accomplishes something great, I mean that that's a good thing to have pride in. Like if they uh, got A's on their grade card. Or if uh, they they won some medal at some uh, spelling bee or some type of uh, sporting event or activity, or even if you made a meal without burning it, those are things. At least for me, making the meal part. But those are things that uh, the things to be proud in. Uh, an example of that from scripture is uh, when Paul says in Second uh, Thessalonians chapter one verse four. He's talking to the Thessalonians, and he was talking about how proud he was because everything that they were doing, because they were facing hard times with uh, the different persecution and everything that was going on. But despite the hard times, they kept their faith. And Paul says that he was very pride. pride. He had a lot of pride, or he was very proud that they were able to uh, keep their faith and walk in their faith. So pride... Again, it's just not can't. I mean, just not all negative, and that's in Second Thessalonians chapter one verse four. Uh, negative side of pride, which is opposite of being um, humble, is uh, it's basically when you exalt something, someone, or anything above your heavenly Father. And we can be prideful in exalting ourselves above God, and we can uh, exalt a. Uh, our jobs or paychecks or all types of things we can exalt above God. But one, one of the scriptures, actually it was many scriptures. One of the scriptures that I thought about of someone exalting yourself above God. And this is a, actually a very uh, common scripture in the world of scriptures. Uh, actually uh, our enemy, Lucifer, Satan, when he tried to exalt himself because he was walking in pride. And this is, um, recorded in Isaiah chapter 14 verses 13 through 14. So this is Isaiah chapter 14 verses 13 through 14. And it reads, uh, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on your mount of assembly on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon I will ascend above the tops of the clouds I will make myself like the most high so this is um, Lucifer Satan he's talking about he's saying all these things and it's hard to talk about I want to be above heaven I'm going to make even my throne above our heavenly father and he said, I'm going to be sitting in the Mount of the Assembly and everyone's going to be basically worshiping me. And this is uh, him being so prideful and him not humbling himself. And this is uh, similar to what we had talked about, um, about setting, and what we talked about setting our heart to understand. When this whole passage from Isaiah 14, verse 13 and 14, he's talking about, I will make myself like the most high. I will make myself like the most high. And I thought that was a very familiar phrase because uh, that's the same thing that Lucifer was trying to do during this time. But the same thing, that, the same story that he was trying to sell Adam and Eve. Like when you partake of this uh, fruit or this tree, you're going to be like God. You're going to be 
like like him, knowing both good and evil. And so right here, he's saying the same thing to himself. I will make myself like the most high, but we all know how that ended. But that phrase is like, okay, he's trying to uh, exalt himself. He was trying to get Adam and Eve to exalt themselves. And that right there is pride, 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 pride all the way where we're not humbling ourselves. So we can learn from the example of Adam and Eve and even the example of Satan that we should never try to um, exalt ourselves, that we should just uh, always humble ourselves before God. And another thing about this uh, word pride Pride is similar to uh, arrogance. Like when you look in the dictionary, it says uh, arrogance, and it says arrogance means to have an exaggerated sense of oneself or one's own importance or one's own abilities. Meaning you just like kind of like all the way and never, never land. And like, oh yeah, I'm this, I'm all this and all that. That's where pride is. But when you're really not like that, pride is uh, an act of uh, self glorification. Or idol worship is when you're putting yourself on display instead of putting the creator of all on display. And sometimes when you, you're so prideful, you, you're looking in the mirror, you're looking in yourself, but you forget. You forget. You forget who the real creator is. That's what happened to Lucifer. He forgot Adam and Eve for that moment. At least Eve, she forgot. Pride causes forgetfulness. Whenever you're not being humble and you're being prideful and boastful, it causes you to forget or it it places you in a position where you forget. You actually forget your position. Your position about who who you are who and what place you're supposed to be and that that uh <clears throat> that you you are just a creature. You're his son, you're you're his child, but you're not the creator. You're not the heavenly father. And pride causes forgetfulness, and we see this in uh, Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse fourteen. Deuteronomy chapter fourteen, it says, uh, "Do not become proud, because that at that time, I mean, do not become proud at that time, and forget the Lord your God, who also rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt." So in this scripture, or this chapter in Deuteronomy chapter 8, we see God was blessing the children of Israel. He was blessing them in their health. He was blessing them in their finances and their relationships. He was causing all these blessings to come upon his children, his people. But then in Deuteronomy 8 verse 14, he warns them. He says, don't become proud. Don't forget to show, don't forget to show humility because when you uh, when you uh, begin to walk in being prideful and you don't show any humility, basically what you're doing is you're you're forgetting where you came from. In, in this particular case, the children of Israel they were uh, forgetting uh, that they were uh, coming out of Egypt and slavery. You know, so that's one thing that pride can cause is uh, forgetfulness. And it's another scripture. This. Uh, this scripture right here is relevant to us, but another one is in the book of James talking about looking in the mirror. And uh, let me find that one. Um, James chapter 1, verse 23. James chapter 1, verse 23. It says, For anyone, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intensely at his natural face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Because that's because the focus is all wrong. The focus is all wrong because we're looking at the wrong thing and we're we're looking at ourselves and we're not looking at the word. We're not looking at our father. We are not humble on ourselves. And anytime we find ourselves exalting ourselves then uh, we become in a place where we forget our father. We don't want to be placed in that situation. And 
we always have to, uh, what did you, you uh, cannot forget is by remembering. In Isaiah chapter 46, Isaiah 46, beginning in uh, verse 9, this is uh, a scripture that Isaiah wrote, and it says, uh, remember the things of old, those of long ago. So God is telling his people to remember. He's saying, remember the things of old, those of long ago. He goes on to explain who he is. He says, I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from the ancient of times, but it's still to come. I say my purpose will stand, and I do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey, and from a far land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that will I bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. So in that passage, in that scripture, we see our Heavenly Father saying, remember, I'm, I'm the one who is causing all these things to come to pass, all this goodness and mercy. And though I'm using you, I'm summoning you from a far-off land, or I'm bringing birds from a far-off land, that that's me that's doing that, even though I'm using you. Don't don't forget your position and your place, but remember who who I am. And many times we can be deceived by ourselves and believe it was us who uh, who accomplished all these great things for our organization. We work for the things we have done for our family. But uh, we should not forget or deceive ourselves and begin exalting ourselves in those those things, even though some of y'all may, yeah, you and I think maybe, those things are little, and it's not—it's not wrong to be prideful in some of those things. But then we can take it to, to where we're worshiping ourselves. So we must not forget where we came from, and more than that—not just where we came from, but uh, who brought us out. And that is our our heavenly Father, who greatly loves us. And how do we not forget? How do we not forget? How do we not forget God's goodness? How do we forget not focusing on the things that uh, he He has caused us to focus on or wants us to focus on? Um, we do this simply by studying his word. We uh, can sing his word to him. We can pray his word to him. We, uh, we can pray to him. We can talk to him. But when we don't do these things, when we don't study his word, when we when we don't sing or worship him, when we don't talk to him, when we don't pray to him, these are all examples of us not humbling ourselves before the Lord and not submitting to him. And and sometimes it happens because we're just so busy in our lives and we, maybe we wake up late, maybe we, maybe we mean to pray or have a devotion in the morning, but maybe uh, time just passes by, we ended up, and it's not really intentional, but we have to be intentional each and every day, each and every moment, every second we get. Paul says that we should, we should pray without ceasing, and praying is, is a form of humbling ourselves before God, seeking them for direction, seeking them for wisdom and, and the power of the Holy Spirit, because we can't do these things by ourselves or on our own, at least if we uh, we think we may, but we we may be walking to destruction, or we may be walking into shame, and we don't want to be like that. We don't want to do that. And so, getting back to um, Daniel, this particular Daniel, one of the ways that he humbled himself, we see through this uh, Daniel fast. That it says uh, that he uh, did this for 21 days, prayed, and he did all these things. He didn't anoint himself. He didn't eat any pleasant foods. He did this for 21 days in a row, three weeks. And I was I was actually thinking about that for 21 days, and I and I wonder if uh, I don't. From studying the scripture, I don't believe like when Daniel started on the first day, he said, "Okay, I'm gonna do this for 20 more days or 21 days, or I'm gonna do this from January 5th to January the 27th." I don't believe that Daniel had a time frame 
He just knew that he was going to humble himself before God and set his heart to understand until the answer came. So I think one of the important things about praying and fasting and, and humbling yourself before God is not operating on your time frame. Okay, God's going to do this by the end of the month or God's going to do this by the end of the day. But we should be willing to humble ourselves before our Father, no matter how long it takes. And some things may take years, you know, even though he may not want it to take that long, but some things may take years. Some things may seem like it's taking decades, you know, but some things may not take that long. But whatever the case, whatever the situation is, we must always humble ourselves and not put a time limit on God because that restricts them. And also you're focusing on the days and the year because often time above your heavenly father and you began missing the point of being humble before your father. And you're just focused. You're just so focusing on arriving from point A to point B that you forget everything that's in between. And which is basically during that time of humbling and fasting, you're supposed to be growing closer to your father, getting clearer vision, getting clearer understanding, and having a more intimate relationship with you because that's what he wants and that's what you should want also. And um, So Daniel, during his 21 days, he uh, set his heart to understand for for 21 days, and I believe it was, if it was 100 days, he would have still kept going. He would have stopped at the 21 days, and I believe we should be in that same way. And also, um, I got a book on that, how Daniel prayed. Daniel, the scripture says that Daniel, he would pray on his knees. He would pray on his knees, and uh Sometimes we think, okay, I don't think of, think it in my mind, okay. I know, I know some people, they aren't physically able to get on your knees. And um, even even in the book of Joel, it says that we should render our heart and not our garments. But I believe that if you're able to, to, uh, to, to show that respect and that honor upon our Father who, who it is due, that's... That, that's a form of humbling yourself when you get on your knees and pray, you know, because one, one day we all are going to be before, for God, before our father, father God, you know, he, he's just so powerful and all his, his glorious light that our bodies, <laughs> even our spiritual bodies, you know, they, they have no choice. Once you get into his presence, you're just going to, you're just going to bow down automatically, you know, but while you're in your room or whatever, or when you're in your secret place, really not so much to be seen a man, but if you will humble yourself before your father on your knees and not like in a forced way, but like in a way that in a, in a way of honoring him, uh, Psalms verse 95, Psalms 95 or six says, come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our maker. So when you humble yourself before God, and and present yourself and show humility before him, that's actually a way of worshiping God. Humbling yourself is actually a way of worshiping your God. When you you're not just submitting you, your spirit or, or in your soul, but you're also submitting your body to the Lord. It, it's not just like a one dimensional thing. And we and we should look at it Whenever we humble ourselves before God, we should we should want to humble every single aspect of ourselves and not limit it. Our, our our mind, our soul, whatever you have to offer, because that that is that is a, a service unto God. Um, and and when we humble ourselves, guess what happens when we humble ourselves before our Father. We uh, get rewarded by his presence, by by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And even in James, James chapter 4, verse 10, um, it says, humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. And we're not humbling ourselves so much so that God or our Father can lift us up. That's not the purpose. We're humbling ourselves because he deserves it. But... uh as a result of us humbling ourselves, guess what? 
he's going to lift us up. And in Daniel's case, it caused God to release and move and release angels on his behalf, messenger angels, warring angels, as a result of Daniel humbling himself before his heavenly father. Our father sent Daniel a message straight for straight from heaven to him. That's amazing to to me. That is just so amazing. You know, when I was uh, studying for uh, journalism. When I was in school, one of the things that makes the best journalist is uh, the ability not to just get the information, but to get the information before everyone else and also be the first to tell it. And all of the people who are very successful and they move up in the rankings of being a good journalist. Well, Daniel is our Heavenly Father's journalist in this case. Because uh, Daniel was uh, wanting to know what was going to happen with the with the people of Israel, with the children of Israel, and guess what? God sent a messenger to tell them, and Daniel was able to write it down and tell it hundreds and thousands of years before it even happened. So that right there is an honor. Daniel placed himself in a position to be exalted, and and. That's one of the benefits and why we should uh, humble ourselves. And that humility is so important in prayer. And we should really take time to focus on that element from the uh, Daniel fast. And that's just an example of when we, uh, when we place ourselves in this position of humility. It places us actually in a position to receive the goodness and favor of our Heavenly Father. Excuse me. And according to scripture, and I, I talked a little bit about this earlier, but that uh, everyone will be placed in a position of humility, whether in this age that we are in right now or in the age to come, everyone is going to humble themselves before our Father. Uh, Romans 14, verse 11 says, It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, Every knee will bow before me, and every tongue will acknowledge that I am God. That's what it says in Romans fourteen eleven. So, really, there's no escape from being humble before the Lord. So, what? Why not do it now? Why not humble yourself now? Why not humble yourself in this age, this day, instead of waiting until then or to wait until later on? And one thing about being his children, our father, being um, the children of our Heavenly Father, if he loves you, he's going to humble you. So if you're not walking in a way that's humble before the Lord, eventually he's going to humble you. And I want to give you an example of that from Scripture. And this is also in the book of Daniel. And I, I want to read this, uh, these uh, scriptures to you. And Daniel chapter 4, verses uh, 19 through 27, it says, uh, Then Daniel, also called Belshazzar, was greatly perplexed for a time, and his thoughts terrified him. So the king said to him, Belshazzar, do not let the dream or its meaning alarm you. And so Daniel had had a dream, and uh, or and he's trying to figure out what uh what it means or what it's about. And then uh, the king said, "Don't let this dream uh, trouble you or alarm you." And I, I believe Daniel he was he wasn't troubled troubled about the dream for himself, but for the king he was troubled. And he says, uh, "See, I'm still in verse 19." He says, "My lord, only the dream applied to your enemies." And it's meeting to your adversaries. So he's about to tell the king about the dream he had. So he says, Daniel says, the tree you saw, which grew large and strong, with its top stretching the sky, visible to the whole earth, with beautiful leaves and abundant fruit, providing food for all who, excuse me, 
providing food for all, giving shelter to the wild animals and having nesting places in its branches for the birds. Your majesty, you are the tree. You have become great and strong, and your greatness has grown until it reached the sky, and your dominion extends to distant parts of the earth. So this this uh, dream vision that, that the king had, it talks about how his kingdom is just so vast and just so great. I mean, the king is providing fruitfulness and abundance to to wild animals and to everyone who nests under it or everyone who's under the kingdom, everyone who's under the rain, all the people from the greatest to least who's who who's all under the dominion of this king are being blessed because of the king and and our heavenly father blessed the king to be in this position. So Daniel goes on to say this is uh, uh, Daniel chapter four verse twenty three he says, Your Majesty saw a holy one, a messenger, coming down from heaven and saying, Cut down the tree and destroy it, but leave the stump down with iron and bronze and the grass of the field while its roots remain to the ground. Let him be drenched with the dew of heavens. Let him live with the wild animals until seven times pass by for him. So that's talking about until seven years pass by for him. Um, Daniel, he immediately uh, gives the king, and he tells tell him what this means in verse 24. He says, this is the interpretation, your majesty. And this is the, and this is the decree the Most High has issued against my Lord, the King. He says, you will be driven away from the people and will live with the wild animals and you will eat grass like the ox and be drunk in the dew of heavens. And seven times, seven years will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms of the earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. The command to leave the stump of the tree, the command to leave the stump of the tree with his roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Therefore, your majesty, be pleased to accept my advice. So Daniel was saying, okay, this is what it means. For seven years, you're going to be in this very, very horrible situation, even though God is giving you this great abundance blessings, you're going to be in this horrible situation, but here's what you can do to avoid this. He says in verse 27, renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being keen to the oppressed. It may be that your prosperity will continue. So this is basically the warning that you gave to the king. He said, hey, you need to humble yourself, King. You need to humble yourself. You need to humble yourself because the Most High, He's over all the all this stuff that you've seen in your vision and the things that are happening in the real world. The Most High, He gave all of these blessings. He has bestowed them upon you, but you need to humble yourself as He placed you in that position for this time and this season. So that was the warning to the King. Now. In verse 28, and many of y'all may have heard this scripture before, I'm pretty sure. But in verse 28, it says, all this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. Twelve months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the palace of Babylon. So this is a whole year later after Daniel said that. Even though it was like one verse, one year had passed from this. And it says, twelve months later... As a king was walking on a roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is not this the great Babylon I have built as a royal residence? So he looked and he said, I have built it. I, 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 I built the residence. And then he says, By my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty. So it's a whole bunch of eyes and my's. 
and verse 31 says, even as the words were on his lips, a voice came from heaven. This is what is decreed for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Your royal authority has been taken away from you, and you will be driven from your people, and you will live with the wild animals, and you will eat grass like the ox. For seven times or seven years will pass by, by until you acknowledge that the most high sovereign over all kingdoms of the earth and gives unto anyone he wishes. So right there, actually we go back to verse 29, we can see that Nebuchadnezzar forgot what Daniel said because pride causes forgiveness. And we see that actually in verse 29, I mean verse 30, that it shows how the king forgot because Daniel told the king that, no, it's the it's the Lord, it's the Most High who's giving you all this land and all these kingdoms. But in verse thirty, the king says that I built up a royal residence, and by my mighty power and for the glory of my dynasty. So he was so prideful that he probably forgot what Daniel had said about uh, the Most High. But let's go down to verse thirty-three, and immediately. What had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled, and he was driven away from the people in a grass like the ox. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the father's. Uh, I'm sorry, until his until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle, and his nails the claws of a bird. His nails was long, and his his hair was long. And at the end of the time, so for seven years he was out there, seven years, though it goes by fast, quickly, when you go on through those years, those days and months, and you guys know this, it's a long time when you're going through the process. For seven years it goes by quickly, but it's, when you're actually going through it, it's a process. It's a pro- I mean, the process is long. So in verse 34 it says, at the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven, and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I praised the Most High. This is some humble on himself because God, God, our Father, the Most High, he had just humbled him for seven years. And then I praised the Most High, and I honored and glorified him who lives forever. This right here, King Nebuchadnezzar, finally after seven years, humbling himself. And this is what he goes on to say, his dominion is an eternal dominion. And his kingdom endures from generation to generation. Nebuchadnezzar, the most powerful man in the world, he says his dominion is his eternal dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing, and he does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. And that goes back to Isaiah chapter 46, where for Isaiah says, remember the things of old. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known me in from the beginning for the ancient times, but it's still to come. I say my purpose will stand, and I do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey from a far land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I said, that will I bring about. What I plan, that will I do. So Nebuchadnezzar, he came to the realization of that. He says, he does as he pleases. And our father is the same way today, y'all. No matter who's who's in the government, the president over the UN, the United States, um, whatever, Iraq, which is Babylon today, Iran, Persia, and all those, those areas, guess what? Our father, he's going to do what he pleases and with the powers of the heavens and the people of the earth. And no one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? And at that time, my sanity was restored. My honor and splendor were returned to me. Look at that. My honor and splendor were returned to me. So when it that goes back to James chapter 4, 
verse 10, it says, when you humble yourself before your father, he's going to exalt you. And exalt is a form, we talked about this earlier, exalt is a form of honor. And in verse 36, it says, at that same time, my sanity was, not just my sanity, but my honor and splendor will return to me for the glory of my king, for the glory of my kingdom. My advisors and nobles sought me out, and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. He became even great. And he could he could have avoided that. He could have kept on growing and become greater if he would have just before that year humbled himself. But instead, he had to go through those seven years. But even though, and I believe God, he he loved he loves the good John three sixteen says that our Father, he so loved the world and Nebuchadnezzar. The King Nebuchadnezzar, he was included in that. You know, he was included in that. So I believe God, our Father, just just loved him so much that he wanted to give him another chance. And after that seven years, because he he knew the heart of Nebuchadnezzar. And and in verse thirty seven, it says, "Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and exalt and glorify the King of Heaven, because everything He does is right." And all his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. That is that's that's um amazing that that a ruler of such a great vast area could say something like that about our father and the importance of humility. And um we don't we don't have to go through the, the those seven years of being in in a bondage or in some type of teaching because the scripture says whenever he loves someone if if you're walking in disobedience guess what he's going to chasten you and he loved uh, Nebuchadnezzar but sometimes we get in those situations where we won't humble ourselves in certain situations and circumstances and our father. Uh, we wasn't listening. Please, we're we're uh, okay. Uh, I better humble myself real because I'm already crazy in my mind, and my body is looking crazy. So we we need to uh, learn a lesson from uh, Nebuchadnezzar about humility, and uh, and I cannot go without mentioning, you know, our Lord and Savior because he was the. Uh, ultimate example of humbling humbling himself. Um, And he didn't need to go through no uh, seven years of uh, long nails and all that. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, Philippians 3, 8, it says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ our Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counted all garbage, so that I, so, so that I could gain Christ. So this is actually I actually read this scripture before I went into, but uh, this is basically whenever you start forgetting all your achievements and your successfulness, all the the degrees you may have on a wall, or all the things you may hold in your heart that are are value to you. It's like when you look at those things and say, "Hey, those things are nothing." These, this clothing is nothing. This name brand clothing, this, this car outside of my garage, that's nothing. All this money in my bank account is it's nothing in comparison to, to knowing uh, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that's what King Nebuchadnezzar, he eventually got to that place where he uh, hum, humbled himself before God, and he, he uh, was actually in a place of worship. And also, before I forgot, I wanted to talk about Jesus' humility. When he came, he he left heaven, everything, and he came to the earth. And we know from um, just like the different testimonies of those who who uh, say they went there, like the beautifulness of it, we can only imagine it down here. Paul said he's seen things he did. It's not even words, words in a human language to express it. But we we don't realize that even 
this world, this earth here, they, and Jesus, Yeshua, he came down to this place. And the differences that he may have, that may have seen, because I believe even like the air down in this earth, even though some like if you like in L.A. or, or some of those countries or even some, some areas like where you just, just smell the filth and pollution in the air and the foulness of the air. But even if you're like in a country area where it seems like, okay, it's, it's not that corrupt here, but really when you compare that to heaven, it's just like he exchanged that for that. Hold on for a second. Hold on. He exchanged that for that. Um, you, I'm sorry. When our, Jesus, he exchanged that for coming down here. That was the ultimate example of humility. And, and uh, our Savior, you know, he's just so beautiful. When you look, I had never seen him, but this is things that I've heard that he's just so beautiful to behold and look upon. But when it, when he came down here, scripture says that he was just like an average Joe. Like people would just walk right past him. But he humbled himself and he, and he, he, should, he was a perfect example of humility, even unto death, even unto death. And uh, so I wanted to want to encourage you as um even if you're not doing the Daniel fast, that if if every day you can walk in humility before your father, if if every day you can set your heart to understand these these are goals that we should have every day, not just for a season or a time, because these are these are actually keys. <clears throat> Excuse me, <clears throat> keys to getting your uh, prayers answered. And uh, if you, if you want to be uh, walking in uh, heavenly places like this uh, broadcast, is called heavenly places. These are things that I think is important for all of us, for myself included, to do: to humble myself and to set my heart to understand His Word, His promises, His blessings, what what's going on in the world today, and what what He wants the church, not a building of four walls, but us as a body, the body of Christ, what he wants us to do and how he's mobilizing us because I can assure you right now he's up there and he got his plan and he's moving all his pieces, his chess pieces around because he's about to put the enemy in checkmate and we and we have victory and we can have access to the plan and what's going on if we uh, set our heart to understand those things and also if we humble ourselves because it's not about us. It's about our Heavenly Father, His plan, and His purpose, which is uh, to bring all those that are in captivity into His kingdom. So I'd like to thank everyone for tuning in into the the blog talk this evening. Um, um, Dorothy, are you still there? Dorothy? Yes. Yes, I'm still here. I had my my muted. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll um, um, close in a prayer. And did you have anything you wanted to, to say? I no. I thought it was very good. It, it really brought home the point of the importance of being humble. So yeah, that's that's a was a very good teaching. Thank you. Very good. Okay. And um. Okay. And it's something that we all have to practice, especially myself. I need to practice it. I need to practice practice it, you know, so I can uh, grow and mature in Christ. Uh, uh, Father, we thank you, God, for uh, this lesson, oh God, Lord, for, for bringing it to our heart, oh God, Lord. Let us keep this wisdom and knowledge and revelation in our heart, Father, Lord. Um, let us continue to walk humbly before you, Father Lord, so that we can have understanding, oh God, Lord. Um, Father, so that you may be glorified in every situation and circumstance, oh Father Lord, so that you can uh, manifest healing, oh God, deliverance, salvation, and revelation, oh Father. And that uh, everyone who, who tunes in and listens to this, Father Lord, whether they listen in years from now, Father Lord, or, or tomorrow or right now, Father that you would just saturate your your very presence, Father. And um, 
that our sickness, disease, and everything does not like you, Father, that's trying to exalt itself in their life, O oh God, Lord, will be demolished and be destroyed, O oh God, Lord, in their lives, Father, and that healing, purpose, prosperity, bless, blessing, wisdom, and favor, O oh God, Lord, will be replaced. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'd like to thank everyone for, for the tuning in to the, to the blog talk, and it'll be available, of course, on blog talk and uh, also on YouTube, YouTube and Vimo, and so a few other ones I can't think of right now. SoundCloud. And I thank you, Jordan. Are you still there? Yes, yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Okay. You went silent for a minute. Okay. Yes, I'd like to thank okay. everyone for coming. And are we uh, going to continue this series next week? Yeah, yeah, we have one more one more portion of it, and then we'll be finished with it. And that's uh, that uh, he uses words. So Daniel used words. So that right there, and that right there is what we're going to talk about. All three of them to me is important, but... That one right there is like when you talk about mourning before the Lord and using words. I, I, I just think right there, that is just, it's the, when I was reading it, it's just so powerful. You know, something that we can overlook. But that mourning part is just on it, how they transform lives, transform nations. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking forward to that one. Yes. Yeah, so um, I, I thank everyone for uh, tuning in, and um, may y'all yeah, week be full of blessings and uh, and humility before our Father in heaven. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for coming. Father, bless you all, and have a blessed week. And join us next week for the conclusion of this series. Thank you, Jameer. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good night.